everyone, we are here. We are ready to go. That's right, Norp Radio, coming right at you. Got a very good topic today. Jesus the Overcomer. Oh, he's an overcomer. He can overcome anything. We're going to see that he overcame the biggest obstacle. Uh, I forgot to fix this. There we go. You know what the big obstacle was? The big obstacle was the world. You know, it's a wonderful thing to have your eyes open about something that you never understood before, isn't it? Did you ever have that happen to you? Maybe once or twice, I'll bet. We're going to see that was the experience of the disciples. Oh, they're going to learn that Jesus wants them to have hope. And you know what? He wants us to have hope too. And maybe you didn't know that. Or maybe today's the day you're going to realize he's on your side. In spite of how you feel, in spite of how you might, what you might be going through, in spite of what's up in front of you, He's on your side, and he wants you to have hope. We mentioned recently in some messages that he wants to be in a personal relationship with us, and he demonstrated that by saying that he lays down his life for us. He's the good shepherd, and he lays down his life for the sheep. Greater friend has no, no one than this, and he lays down his life for his friend. What's he saying? We're his friend. We're the sheep. He's the shepherd. He tells his friends things that are not personal with him, but he's telling them things that are personal for them. He wants them to know. See, he already knows. He knows how much he loves us. He knows how personal he wants to be with us. But sometimes people don't know that. And it's a, a coming around to that kind of understanding. So, here in John 16, Jesus is going to summarize in a very brief way who he is and what he came to do. I'll tell you what, if everybody in the world understood that, it'd be a different world, wouldn't it? (laughs) Of course it would. If everybody understood who Jesus was and what he came to do. Oh, as the song says, what a wonderful world it would be. Now, if you're a serious follower of Jesus today, he wants to give you hope. Let's take a look in John 16, in verse 25. Here's what he said. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language. Hmm. The word figurative, it's the word paromia. And it's where we get the word parable, from parabole. It's a form of a parable. What's a parable? It's a story, like a a natural story, could happen, with a spiritual meaning thrown alongside. So when Jesus tells a story that people can relate to, there's a hidden truth, a spiritual truth in that story. That's a parable. Like in Matthew 13, the Bible says, He spoke many things to them 
in parables. And they asked him, Why, why do you speak in parables? And he answered, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. And he did not speak to them, who, without a parable. And why is that? I mean, if Jesus wanted these people to get the message, why would he speak in parables? Why would he tell a story with a hidden meaning? Here's why. Because these parables required, here it comes, deep thinking. A casual listener would not grasp the truth of the parable. We, we must remember that the Christian life is a thinking life. You know, it's not a life of feeling. Oh, I see that in so many Christian circles. People live their Christianity by their feelings. That's never scripturally supported. Never. The Christian life is a thinking way of life. And let me give you some scriptures to back that up. Romans 8.18. Paul said, Consider your suffering. Now, what does the word consider mean? It literally means add up the facts. It means to think. Right? So, consider your suffering. Think about suffering. Think about the suffering that you may be going through. He said in 1 Corinthians one twenty six, consider your calling. Think about that. Think about the calling that God has on your life. What are you doing with it? Think about it. Hebrews 3.1 says, I like this one, consider Jesus. Yeah, think about Jesus. Think about him. Don't just be a casual, oh, you know, listen, think. Think deeply about Jesus. Hebrews 10.24 says, consider how to stimulate one another. Think about your brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about their walk with Christ. Are they falling away? Bring them back. Are they getting passive? Are they becoming indifferent? Bring them back. Think about them. Consider them. James said, consider your trials to be joyful. (laughs) Think about it. Now, you cannot consider your trials to be joyful unless you're really thinking. Oh, yeah. That takes deep thinking. To bring that to pass. So, consider means think. Now, in a more personal friendship relationship with them, Jesus says, an hour is coming. That hour is the time between his resurrection and his ascension. He said, an hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative languages. In other words, parables. But I will tell you, plainly of the Father. And he said, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself, oh boy, this is good, loves you. The Father loves you because you love me. And you've believed that I came forth from the Father. Wow, what does that tell us? God the Father really loves those that love his Son. 
Wow. Jesus is going to tell them some straightforward, plain and simple things. Maybe things that they never understood before because they were in parables and they couldn't, you know, figure it out. Here's what they're going to learn. That they can go to God on their own in prayer. Because what did Jesus just say? He said, listen, I'm not going to request of the Father on your behalf. The Father knows he loves you. And the Father knows you love me. And the Father knows you believe in me. So you can go to him. You can go straight to him and he will hear you. You know, that's a big difference from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you had all these Jewish people, right? Millions of them. But the priest was the mediator between the people and God. One guy represented all those people. But now after Christ's death and resurrection, all believers have access to God. That's you and me. We all have access to God. We don't need someone to go to God for us. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have people pray for us, but it does mean that we can go to God personally, ourselves. And this is very radical. This is different because no one could do that before. Remember in Mark chapter 15 when Jesus hung on the cross and he was dying for the sins of the world? Mark recorded in verse 38, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. What was that veil? Well, the back room of the temple was the Holy of Holies. And God would come and dwell in that sacred spot, the Holy of Holies. And there was this veil, this curtain. You know, the curtain was a foot thick. Wow. No one could rip a curtain a foot thick. And what it, it was designed to keep out man. Only again, the high priest could go in there and be with God. So, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil miraculously was torn from top to bottom. And it separated. And what did that do? It opened up the way for man to come into the presence of God. This is to show them that God is not an angry God, but he longs to hear their requests. God is welcoming his people in to commune with him. That's the significance of the torn veil. It's torn. It's gone. You and I, as believers in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, have access to God. And again, as Jesus said in verse 27, the Father himself loves you because you love me. Imagine getting on the good side of God the Father because you love God the Son. That's a good deal. I like that. I mean, if I love Jesus, God loves me. Yep. Ooh. Hey, if somebody loves your kids, you love them, right? Because if somebody doesn't like your kids, <laughs> you're not going to like them. All right? Because you take it personally. If someone's mean to your kids, you're going to take that personally. That's like being mean to you. If someone's nice to your kids, you take that personally also. How? So it is with God the Father. You love my son, I love you. <clears throat> you don't love my son, you know what? Look out. 
going to be in trouble. Now, this doesn't take away from the fact that God loves the whole world. We're talking about a personal love. See, Jesus didn't die because God so hated the world. He died because God so loved the world. Yeah, he loves everybody in the world. But he has a personal love for those that love his son. And there's a difference. God's generic love sent the Savior, but it doesn't keep people out of hell. God's personal love keeps people out of hell. There's the difference. So it's like, ooh, which one am I living in? Am I living in God's generic love, where he loves me, but I have not loved the Son? Or have I loved the Son, and God loves me with his personal love? That's the one that saves. The second thing Jesus wants his disciples to know is that he came from God and he's going back to God. You know, I like the, I like the fact that Jesus, he understands who he is. He knew who he was. He knew his mission. He said, man, I came from God. I'm going back to God. He said in verse 28, I came forth from the Father. I've come into the world. And now I'm leaving the world, and I'm going back to the Father. It's that simple. He came from the Father. He spent 33 years on the earth, and now he's going back to the Father. So Jesus tells the disciples that his work is done. He came from the Father, and now by way of the cross, he's going back to the Father. So that cross, that is going to be, oh man, a horrendous thing. To look at Jesus on the cross, break your heart. Oh, it's a heartbreaker. It is, but I'll tell you what, that was his way back to God. That was the door. That's the door he walked through to get back to God. Now, they can take their own prayers to God, the Father, because the lover of Christ is the beloved of God. The lover of Christ is the beloved of God. That's you. If you love Jesus, God, you are God's beloved. And how many times did Paul and his epistles say, Beloved, beloved, and John, he said, beloved. Oh, it's a beautiful term. Loved of God. That's what it means. Now in verse 29, finally, <laughs> after three years, the disciples said, oh, now we get it. Imagine that. They said, lo, now you are speaking plainly. And you're not using a figure of speech. Oh, duh, they finally got it. For three years, they walk with Jesus in bewilderment. Now they finally understand. That's okay. We do that sometimes, don't we? I know I do. I'm bewildered half my life. <laughs> I still am bewildered at times. And every once in a while, bing, the light goes on in my head. Oh, now I get it. Oh, how, why, why didn't I get that before? I don't know, because I was bewildered. And then, boom, oh, now I get it. Now I get it. 
So there's something that happened a little earlier that prompted this conversation with Jesus and the disciples. Way back in verse 17, some of his disciples, they're talking to each other. And they said, what's Jesus talking about when he says, a little while and you'll not see me? And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father? They're like, what's he, what's he talking about? They were saying, what is this that he says? A little while. We don't know what he's talking about. Now, Jesus knew that they wished to question him. He answered their question without them even asking. He did that a lot in the Gospels, didn't he? You know why he can do that? Uh Uh-oh, because he can read men's hearts. Yeah. You know that your heart and my heart to God is like an open book. It's not a secret. What is in our hearts is not a secret. Oh, it might be a secret from people. It's not a secret from God. He knows. And that's why Jesus would often answer a question before it was asked. Because it was in the heart. And Jesus said, what are you guys talking about? Why are you discussing a little while and you'll not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, he said, each to his own home. You're going to leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. He's telling them what they're going to do. They might even deny it. And they did deny it at the Last Supper, didn't they? No, Lord, we're not going anywhere. And Jesus said, you guys are all going to scatter. And I'm going to be left alone. But that's okay. Because I'm not alone. I'm with my Father. See, when you're with God the Father, you're never alone. You're never alone. You might have a feeling of loneliness, but you are never alone. Alone, And that's true for every born-again believer. You are never alone. God is with you. The extraordinary thing about Jesus is that he knew the weakness of his men. He knew their failures. He knew his disciples would, des- his disciples would desert him, really, at the moment of his greatest need. But you know what? He still loved them. His love never changed. He knew that they wouldn't be everything he needed them to be. But his love never changed. Isn't that a great lesson for us? That yes, we live in a world of letdown. We are always going to let each other down. We will. I let people down. People let me down. Husbands let wives down. Wives let husbands down. Friends let each other down. This is the world we live in. But you know what? Love never has to change. And Jesus demonstrates this. He he was surrounded by men that were going to let him down. But you know what? He still loved them. And he trusted them. And you know, at the end, what did he do? He gave them the great commission. Oh, yeah, man. He says, I want you guys to save the world. <laughs> I'm like, well, Jesus, wait, if I was here, I would have been like, wait a minute, Jesus, there's got to be a better plan here. <laughs> you want these guys to save the world? Oh, man, we're in trouble. 
And you know what? We weren't in trouble. They did a great job. They did. Those disciples, they did a phenomenal job. And they brought the message. And you know what? Many people today, here we are, 2,000 years later, basking in the gospel. No, we're on our way to heaven. Think about that. So, again, he, he not only does he love, but trust is part of that love. And then Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. See, he didn't say in life you'll have peace. He said, in me, knowing that I'm here with you, knowing that God is with you, you'll have peace. See, Jesus is the peace giver. He doesn't want his disciples to be guilty. He doesn't want them to be self-condemned. No. His love for them never changes. And he will trust them with the gospel and the Great Commission. I'm like, wait a minute. That's about the best I can do. He trusts them with the salvation of the world. (laughs) The Great Commission. And they did all right. They did really good. A plus for all those disciples. Oh, and speaking of the world, you know what he said? Listen, guys. Expect trouble. Did yeah? In the world, you will have tribulation. What is tribulation? It, it means pressure. It also means anguish and, uh-oh, persecution. Yeah, it means all those things. Pressure, anguish, persecution. And you see, this is the best the cosmic system offers the followers of Christ. If you are a serious follower of Jesus Christ, expect pressure, because you're a Christian, anguish, and persecution. But then you know what Jesus said? Oh, I like this. He said, but take courage. Why, Jesus? I have overcome the world. That's why. I have overcome the world. So be of good courage. In other words, be of good cheer. Jesus is the overcomer. He's an overcomer. What does that mean? He's victorious. He's the champ. He won the battle. He got the gold. He overcame all odds. Think about it. One man in human form defeated the kingdom of darkness. A man defeated an angel. I'm like, what? That's right. A man defeated an angel. Yes, Jesus was God, but he fought the battle as a man. He laid aside his deity, right? The kenosis laid aside his deity. He went through life with the same human limitations that we have. He defeated Satan in human form with our human limitations. Say, wow, how did he do that? You know how? Here's how. He loved his father. That's it. He loved his father. He drew on his father. He spent much time with his father. He knew his father loved him. 
Imagine what a relationship with God can do with somebody's life. Our lives can be so much better if we really relied on God the way Jesus did. So you say, wait a minute. Okay, Jesus is the overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. How can I be an overcomer? Well, you can be. The Apostle John, he tells us, he said, well, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So you overcome the world, you escape the kingdom of darkness, and you enter into the kingdom of light through faith. And then John asked the question, who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Question, do you believe? Do you believe? If so, you're an overcomer. Live in it. Don't live defeated. You're an overcomer. Live in that. You have overcome. You will overcome the world, the cosmic system of Satan. For yours is the kingdom of God. That's your kingdom. That's the kingdom you belong in. The kingdom of God. So we're overcomers. We need, to, we need to step into that role. We need to live as overcomers. That's all. It's a mindset. Remember we said the Christian life, it's a thinking life. You have to think. It's not about feelings. We don't direct our lives by our feelings. We direct our lives by our thoughts. And God's Word provides the thoughts that he wants us to think with. So let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. We are overcomers in this life. Don't let that slip away. Don't let it slip away. Okay? Listen, have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Go to newhopecc.tv. Click on media. Click on New Hope Radio. Click the radio button. Hit hit subscribe to get these notifications every day when we're on the radio. Thank you for coming along today. Don't forget the New Hope Podcast, newhopecc.tv. All of our podcasts are there. And of course, you always want to listen to the radio. 1590 AM, 92.7 FM. Fabulous WARV. All right, we'll see you next time.